All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Yannari Gold, and I am here this morning to talk about D'Amico Ryans. He seems to be the topic of conversation for all of Texans fans right now. Uh, seems to be the leading candidate for at most Texans fans. And uh, there seems to be a, a discussion around D'Amico, and now that the Broncos are, are um, looking at D'Amico and are supposedly – D'Amico is the top candidate for the Broncos job as well. Seeing a lot of like interesting ways. It's, it's weird, interesting thoughts by other people. It's weird to me that no matter what happens with the Texans, some like most people are looking for a way to shit on them. And I just can't seem to grasp the concept on why, like, is it because potentially they're, they're not going to get the guy you want? Um, like, is that really, is that really why you're shitting on them? I, I, I just, I can't understand why no matter what they do, they're ridiculed by so many different people. Um, it's, it's insane to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So like, I've seen some pics uh, or some tweets and then things of that nature on uh, discord and, um, you know, I saw one tweet, I forgot who it was from and it was. You know, the Texans have, you know, D'Amico is the guy, but, you know, you can't really go wrong with any other candidate. They'll just be less sexy. And I'm like, dude, it's fucking January. It's, it's fucking January. Who gives a shit about sexy? You, want, you, you just want to be happy for three months because of the hire? If it doesn't lead to wins, does it matter? You don't know what it's going to lead to anyways. It's funny to me that people just are able to determine the success or or forecast what the success is going to look like in January. I, I just I can't understand the concept, and I'm sure a lot of it is for engagements. And that just makes you know I can't stand that shit. That's why I always dunk on the local media and and everything else. But it's uh, it's wild to me that people will will go to these extremes. My boy Joe on on Twitter is, is going through it. Um, you got to walk that guy off a cliff, uh, walk him back off the cliff uh, at least once a day, um, saying something like, if Gannon is hired, this whole head coaching search was a sham. What if D'Amico chooses the Broncos because they have a defense that's ready to compete at a high level? Like that defensive roster – is 10 times better than the Texans' defensive roster. And not only that, if you look at Russell Wilson, I know everybody thinks Russell is, is washed. I don't know if he's necessarily washed. I do think that Russell has a lot to work on. Uh, it's not like he he doesn't he doesn't come off as a team-first guy. But the right coach can come in and change the way that that is perceived and the way that he approaches things. But... I mean, why do we think Russell Wilson's washed? Because he had Nathaniel Hackett as his head coach and a terrible offensive scheme. The last two weeks of the Broncos regular season, they looked a lot better on offense. Um, so D'Amico chooses the Broncos. Why is it the Texans' fault? They have endless amounts of money. Walmart is the backer. Like, Walmart owns the team. Walmart. 
who's competing with Walmart? There, there aren't many teams that can compete with Walmart. Like they can cut a blank check. But to be honest with you, I, I, I don't think based on what we know about D'Amico, money isn't a motivating factor. At least in my opinion, uh, obviously it's nice, right? Like if you're if you're offered, you know, thirteen to fifteen million dollars as a first time head coach on a four to five year contract, like that's a shit ton of money. Um, so so I get it, but. Money doesn't be, seem to be the thing that motivates D'Amico. D'Amico seems to be more of a legacy, a reputation uh, type of guy than a, let me go grab this check real quick. Let me get this bag. Um, and, you know, I think if he chooses the Broncos, it's because it's a roster that is ready to compete immediately. If you can get Russell up to par, you know, that team's going to compete in, in, in their division, which is a tough division. You have San Diego with Justin Herbert. You have Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> it's a tough division. It's definitely not the AFC South. But he could potentially go and immediately have success. I mean, look at look at what they accomplished last year. It was nothing. It was a terrible season. You know, doubling wins is a, is a, is a, is a win for D'Amico Ryan. Uh, you know, making the playoffs, going to the wild card round, like th- those are all easy things that that should happen with the right coach in Denver. So, you know, and then, but the other aspect of this is like the Texans. The Texans, no matter how the media phrase it, and and it seems like the, their tune has changed a little bit now with like national reporters talking about how <clears throat> good of a job the Texans' job is right now. Texans have a blank slate. So if D'Amico wants to come here and build his team, build his roster on his philosophy, uh, on the culture he wants to establish, the Texans' job is the best job for him to be able to do it. And he'll be able to do it a lot faster than he would anywhere else. Uh, obviously, we all know what's at the dis- like what Nick and D'Amico would have at their disposal. Uh, draft capital, a ton, you know four first-round picks over the next two uh, seasons um, and ton of cap space. You know, there's some young pieces already here. <clears throat> it When it comes down to it, like if D'Amico wanted to actually come and build a reputation and a legacy, the best place for him to do it is in Houston. It's not in Denver. <clears throat> Houston has been a train wreck for three years. Every, he has every opportunity to come here and make an actual name for himself. And it wouldn't be off of having four first-round picks on the defensive line and, you know, everything that San Francisco has. You know, San Francisco's roster is stacked from every level. At every every position, they are stacked. Offense, stacked. Defense, stacked. Wide receivers, stacked. Offensive line, stacked. Defensive line, stacked. Linebackers, stacked. Corners, stacked. Safety, stacked. That tight end, maybe the best in the game right now in Greg Kittle. Like Christian McCaffrey at running back. Like the only thing they were missing is a quarterback. And, you know, they, they Kyle obviously got a bunch out of Brock Purdy. I, I'm assuming that the Brock Purdy storyline likely comes to an end this weekend. Um, but he would have the ability to come to Houston and really build what he wants to build. And, I don't think that if he chooses Denver, it's because the Texans shit the bed. 
I think it's more or less that it was an opportunity for him to go into an organization and a team and compete early on. And <clears throat> that's appealing as well. And nobody wants to go to a go to a rebuild, right? Like if you have a rebuild or a no rebuild, like it, it takes a certain character to come to a rebuild and see the opportunity and potential to be able to tie your name to turning a franchise or an organization around. But it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to. I've had to do it once or twice in my career at, at a company and have them turn it around. It, you know, it sucks. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of work. It's, you know, a ton of time devoted to that specific uh, company to be able to get it to where it needs to be. It's super rewarding, but it's a ton of work. It, it's it's a lot more work than going to Denver where you have a stack defense. You have wide receivers, like really good wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. You have a decent O-line. And you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback at Russell Wilson who had a down year last year. I mean, if I had to pick, I would think that Denver would be more appealing to me from a win now perspective. If I'm looking at overall and I'm looking at four, five, six years down the road, the Texans are the pick. Because there aren't there's no other team out there that can offer what to, what the Texans can offer. So I just, I just find it funny that everybody just finds a way to shit on the Texans. It, it's it's super annoying. And it's not even like the fan fan in me for the Houston Texans. It's it's like the lack of logic that people use when they talk about the Houston Texans. <clears throat> Whether it's Josina Anderson who has fucking no understanding of this, this team and uses any opportunity she can to shit. Or it's the local media that just wants to find some way to bitch and complain about the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans have done everything they're supposed to do this offseason. They've literally done everything you need them and want them to do with the way that they've handled this head coaching search. Get out of your fucking feelings. It's wild to me. I, I just, I can't, I, I can't grasp this loser mentality of, I, I'm just going to blame them for everything. It's, 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 a, it's a super weird thing. They've had the top candidates in the building for an interview. Every single candidate outside of Gannon, has been interviewed by somebody else um, and Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown wasn't interviewed by anybody else. And that was that was a off-the-wall uh, candidate, but I, I like the idea, right? Digging deep. You, know, you, you can never interview too many candidates. You got to make sure you get this one right. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, they've all come in. They've all People have had glowing reviews of the Texans. Um, Sean Payton said absolutely about taking the job, obviously because of what the uh, Houston Texans can offer a uh, head coach. So <clears throat> I just don't see a reason for it. it it's, it's, it's just weird behavior. Um, and, you know, I think the Texans are in a really good spot. Take away the, take away the draft capital. The Texans have good young pieces, right? Where else is a coach going to go where they have two franchise tackles, right? You got Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard, no matter how you feel about Titus. Like Titus has his ups, ups and downs, but Titus performs as well. Uh, and I think he'll get better. You know, I think this is what only his first season where he played a full season at tackle, right? Cause I think last year he also switched to guard this year. He switched to guard towards the end of the season. Uh, that's not good for his development, but when he's been out there, we've seen him lock down some of the top defensive ends. So you got two really good tackles. Uh, you drafted a first round guard. You need to find a center. AJ Can 
actually looked really good in the last two games of the season. Looked like he put it together. We'll be interesting to see what they do at right guard. You have Damian Pierce at running back. He was a rookie last year. The guy looks for contact and is trying to get as many yards after contact as possible. Your wide receivers, yes, they need help. You don't have any, especially if Brandon Cooks is gone. Uh, but if he's in the tight ends, you know, Jordan Akins had a really good year. I, I really, it's interesting for me with Jordan Akins. I really hope that they bring him back. Uh, you know, tight end, it, it does take a long time for them to develop in the NFL, but you know, Akins would be, it'd be interesting to see him come back and see if he can add to what he, he did this last year. So there's the offensive side of the ball. It's a mess. You don't have a quarterback uh, unless they run it back with Mills. I don't see him doing that. I don't see a head coach coming in here saying, Hey, give me one more year with Mills. Uh, but you have the opportunity to draft a quarterback if, if you want to. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, you have Derek Stingley, who you took third overall last year. He was stuck playing zone the entire season. And has never played zone, uh, especially at this like level and with this consistency. So definitely not, not what you draft a third round corner to do. You need to put him in a position to succeed him and Lovey failed to do that this year. Probably the biggest complaint from Texas fan base is the fact that Lovey failed Derek Stingley this, this last season. Um, so you have that. You have Jalen Petrie, who, yes, he misses a ton of tackles. That's something that can easily be corrected. But uh, Petrie is a gamer. The dude is a dog. He's everywhere. I mean, everywhere on the field. And always making plays. What do you have, like five interceptions last year? Six interceptions? Um, made a ton of tackles, even though he had a ton of missed tackles. Like, Petrie looks good. Christian Harris looked pretty good last year. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how he continues to develop. Um, you, you, you had Steven Nelson, who on the other side of, of Stingley looked amazing, had a career year uh, on the defensive line. You're lacking talent. Uh, you're, you're, you're lacking a ton of talent. Uh, the defensive line is older. Uh, Roy Lopez didn't look like the Roy P- Lopez of 2021. Jerry Hughes looked good. Um, Ogabu, uh, the uh, outside linebacker slash defensive end that we got from the Rams or signed uh, from the Rams last year. He looked good. Grenard looked good. Uh, Malik Collins is serviceable and, and looked, you know, above average. Like you have some little pieces on the D line, but you need to get younger and you definitely need to invest in it. But outside of that, like this team, yes, it's a bad team, but it's not as bad as people make it out to be. The right coaching staff in 2022 would have gotten more wins out of this team. Scheme matters. Coaching matters. And it, it's just, as, it's more important than the quarterback position because with a good coach we're seeing in San Francisco, Look at, look at what Kyle Shanahan has done with average to below average quarterback play. And every year they're, they're, they're competing, except for what, last year, 2021? I think they had like the worst injuries in like NFL history or something like that. So coaching matters, but there are pieces on this team. Don't ignore the fact that there are good pieces on this team. Now add to the fact that you have draft capital and cap space the Texans are in a really quick, like, good spot to be the Giants potentially of next year. Terrible division. The Titans aren't going to get it right. And if they're going to have to move off of Tannehill, they'd have to get Rodgers to be better next year. Other than that, there's really no other option. Malik Willis isn't it. The Colts are a fucking dumpster fire. I mean, an absolute dumpster fire. 
for all the shit the Texans have gotten over the last three years, I don't understand why the Colts haven't gotten just as much shit in 2022, if not more. Colts aren't going to do shit. Trade up to to the first pick overall with the Bears. That's fine. Give up two first round picks and two second round picks and go grab Will Levis. Like, and guess what? You won't develop them. And the Colts are going to be bad for five to six years. I just can't see the Colts turning it around. Now, if they take another quarterback, maybe who knows? But uh, all point, all, all all signs point to Chris Ballard taking Will Levis. Then you have the Jags. Jags are probably the the favorite, obviously for for the division. Trevor Lawrence is clicking on all cylinders. Uh, maybe not all cylinders. I still don't believe Trevor Lawrence has really shown the potential that people expected him to show. Lots of yak yards, like lots of yak yards, uh, but. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you get the yards as long as you can produce and you're producing touchdowns and, and you're getting to, you know, the the divisional round, which they did. So, um, and him with Doug Peterson, it's a great pairing. They have a ton of free agents that are uh, going to come up this year and need new deals. Evan Ingram is a target that I hope the Texans and Nick Casario go after. Loved him in New York, just had terrible quarterback play. Saw this year that with the right quarterback – he can be extremely successful. He looked super good. I, I think he's a top five tight end with the right quarterback and the right scheme. Um, so they're going to have to sign a bunch of players. Uh, they have, they obviously have, you know, some good draft capital as well, but um, you're only competing with the Jags. That's it. You're only competing with the Jags and, you know, who knows how long that lasts? Like, it's not up to, you know, Trevor Lawrence is there for 15 years. Doug Peterson was in Philadelphia for how long and, and was randomly let go? Why? There's got to be more to the story. Is it, is it going to last long in Jacksonville? I don't think it will. Like, look at the history of Jacksonville. It never lasts long. They've been, they were, they've been to the AFC Championship, what, twice? They were there three years ago, four years ago, when they had Saxonville. And then what? They fell off a fucking cliff. You can't count on the Jacksonville Jaguars to be this consistent, competitive team. You just can't. History shows you that that's not something you can count on. They're the Browns of, of the AFC South. Um, so the Texans are in a good position to be like the Giants of 2022. They can come in, get the right coach, draft a bunch of players, sign a bunch of players in free agency, and compete. And, you know, there's no reason to think they can't. So if it's Jonathan Gannon, who I think everybody's just out on now because he's not the sexy pick, uh, who cares? If he's the right pick, that's all that matters. I, I don't care about winning the offseason. I'm not writing for, for a website. I don't, I don't need you to go to my website to click on my link so that I can get paid. Nobody cares about winning in the offseason. Everybody cares about winning September through February. All the rest of that shit doesn't matter. It's just fluff pieces. Who gives a shit? Get the right coach. Add the right players to the roster. Go out and compete, and everything else will take care of itself. Go out and win. Go be consistent. And start winning games. That is the ultimate recipe for everything that the Texans and Texans fans want win football games do that everything else will take care of itself winning is everything in life in general at least in my mind that's the way i approach everything everything is about winning obviously not with your kids and shit like that but you got to teach them about winning but 
<clears throat> nobody goes into anything hoping they lose. Nobody goes into anything or shouldn't go into anything thinking, hopefully I win. Like, just go in and do everything you can to win. And if you walk away and you gave everything you can and you didn't win, it is what it is. The Texans start winning. Everything turns around. Texans continue to lose. Nick Casario is going to lose his job. We're going to be on another GM. And we potentially wasted all of the draft capital that we got from the Deshaun Watson trade. I'd rather have alignment with Nick and the head coach than I would see the fans super excited about D'Amico Ryan's in the building. And I'm not saying that I don't want D'Amico. All I'm saying is I don't give a shit about winning the offseason. I care about winning September through February. That's why we watch the game. So I don't think the Texans failed at anything. If D'Amico chooses the Broncos, it is what it is. Jonathan Gannon is a good candidate. Uh, you know, lots of people rave about Jonathan Gannon. He has a scouting background. Uh, that defense is performing. It's going to be interesting to see what he does against the Niners this weekend. Um, and, you know, just kind of got to let the let, let everything fall where, where it falls. But um, I, I don't think the Texans have done anything wrong during this process. I think they've interviewed every candidate that you would want them to interview. I think they're on the right path and you just have to hope that they're able to put it all together. But uh, it, it looks like D'Amico could go to Denver. It looks like he's the top candidate and uh, we'll just have to see where things go Monday and Tuesday of next week, either Gannon and Steichen are out uh, on Sunday or D'Amico is out. If D'Amico's out, you know, you'll find out soon. I mean, you'll find out either way. Um, but yeah, just, uh, Interesting to, to see how things are playing out. Interesting the narratives that get spun up. It's uh, it's pretty lazy. All right, let's see what you guys got here. Um, all right, I hope you guys are all having a great day, man. This it's a great day. It's a it's a great day. It's it's, it's golf Friday, which is amazing. Dougie Fresh, no class, so I get to watch today. That is dope. The Texans. It's just super easy to shit on us. We are in the NFL, little bro, plain and simple. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there's so many other fucking teams that are so bad. Like, so bad. And have been bad for longer than three years. Like, it, it's weird to me. Issue with the Broncos is they have so much money in in, in, uh, in sold quarterback. Limited roster. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, if, if Russ doesn't turn it around. But what if Russ does turn it around? What if he's good for the next four years? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is washed. <laughs> so funny that the Jets went after him. An old quarterback. Not, oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. If a coach chooses another team over the Texans, it won't be an indictment on the Texans. 100% sure. And that, that was basically my whole premise. That was the whole thing I was talking about. Was you, you can't, you can't expect. Uh, because D'Amico goes to the Broncos, that's because of the Texans, or that the Texans botched the head coaching search. Broncos struggled with an offensive-minded coach when their defense was already good. I don't see how D'Amico can help Wilson in that offense when he's a defensive-minded head coach. Yeah, I mean, a lot. I've seen this this conversation quite a bit. Um, just because you're a defensive-minded head coach doesn't mean that you don't have one a true understanding of offense and and have somewhat of a understanding of what philosophy and scheme you want to implement. Also got to keep in mind, D'Amico comes, I mean, he would come from the Kyle Shanahan tree, uh, would likely bring an offensive coordinator from the Kyle Shanahan uh, tree. And that would be very appealing for Russell Wilson. 
Um, you know, those are good coaches over there. That's a great offensive scheme. Everything that Kyle has done in San Francisco is, I mean, it, it's amazing to watch on a week-to-week basis. I mean, they're doing it right now with Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. Like, they're in the NFC championship game with the last pick of the draft. That's, that's crazy to think about. So, if they can get the most out of – if that coaching staff can get the most out of Brock Purdy, I would think of the right – if D'Amico chooses the right OC and quarterback coach and, you know, just the offensive staff in general, they should be able to get quite a bit out of Russell Wilson as well. Um, unless he is just completely washed, but I can't see that being the case. At least the Texans are not the clown car Colts. That is, yeah. On a second interview too, watching Colts Twitter just melt down is interesting. Charlie Heck also was not terrible around the end of the season for some of these reasons. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but you can't count on him. He's, he's never, you've never been able to count on him. Uh, Aikens is solid. I hate him making us lose him for him. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of over that. Steichen or Kafka will work. Need offensive coach. I mean, I prefer an offensive coach, honestly, over Gannon or D'Amico, um, just because I think that's where the league is going. But uh, for everything I've heard about Steichen, not just in Houston, but in general, is that he, he does not interview well. Um, there's a reason why he hasn't had any of the, I mean, like there's like no chatter about Steichen throughout the entire NFL right now, um, which is weird. So I, I don't know. I, I think Steichen has a, a very good offensive scheme, uh, he's, but he's also got a ton of talent. I mean, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, maybe the best offensive line in football, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts, like, I don't know. Uh, if you don't interview well, like, it really doesn't matter either. Um, and it seems like that's the thing. Colts don't have an Easter bitch. No, they don't. They just have a Sunday bitch, which is crazy. Crazy to go from an a Easter Bay bitch to a Sunday bitch. That, that owner just needs to keep doing cocaine. Uh, Ballard has a lot of media friends, and they usually have one inspire of their – dysfunction. That's why they aren't getting the heat for Jeff Saturday. Makes sense. Rams went off the cliff this past year, but nobody, nobody major talk crap about them because it, well, yeah, I mean, that matters though. Nathan, like it just won the Super Bowl. They had a ton of injuries. They lost their starting quarterback. Lost Cooper Cup. Um, there was a, uh, Aaron Donald, I think, was out for a couple games. Like, they were they were riddled with injuries all season. Uh, Gotta remember the past few years, Texans hire isn't really tied to team till the high Hire happens usually run a tight ship. Uh, yeah. Uh, to be honest, after seeing Pete Carroll turn Geno Smith into a quarterback after he's been mid, even in college, I think Russ may have been lifting more than we think, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Uh, watched Geno his whole career, and I never saw this coming. I think a lot of people did, but it, it all comes down to coaching, man. It, it, it's one of the reasons why you guys call me a Mills Truther. Um, it's not that I'm a Mills Truther, it's just the fact that, like, you can't tell me what Davis Mills is because you have not surrounded him with the right coaching staff, the right scheme, the right players to know what Davis Mills is. And so like when you look Geno Smith is a perfect example of that. Like you have to have the right coaches. Um, not saying that Mills is the guy. It's not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, is you don't know what Mills is. Like nobody does. Nobody in this league does. He doesn't have enough starts under his belt. You've seen some upside. You've seen some downside. I don't think you've seen his floor. I don't think you've seen his, his ceiling. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, 
unless you have the right coach and the right offensive staff, it really doesn't matter. Um, and, and look at Gino in Seattle. I mean, he was a bust. I mean, an absolute bust. And now he's a starting quarterback that's going to probably make quite a bit of money in the soft season. Uh, oh, okay. West Virginia. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Jez says, I like how Steichen is flying under the radar. Yeah, you know, but I, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, all reports are saying that Steichen is a, a terrible interview. Um, I don't know if, you know, if that's the case. It seems to be, according to Benjamin Albright, it seems to be everything that I've said too, not that from sources or anything, I just based on feeling, is that I think Gannon is the guy. I think Gannon's been the guy. Uh, I think there's just some internal struggles at energy right now uh, between Cal. And I don't even call them struggles. I think they're just dialogue and conversation. I think uh, Nick wants Gannon. I think Cal and Hannah probably want D'Amico because of the fan base and all, all the publicity it would bring. And, you know, it's just, it, it's a great story. It writes itself. There's not much needed from a publicity perspective or a PR perspective. D'Amico coming home is going to, it's going to drive, uh, all the clicks and talk that the Texans have lacked over the last three years. So I understand it. Um, but at the end of the day, like if your GM is not on board with the head coach, I don't like why have him around still. If, if he's not on board with the head coach, you want to hire, if you're going to hire D'Amico and Nick isn't on board, then you need to go ahead and fire Nick and get a new GM in here. Cause you're just delaying the inevitable anyways. Uh, unless both D'Amico and Nick can get on the same page and figure it out. But D'Amico doesn't seem to me as a Nick Casario guy. Uh, that's right. B.O.B. was the sexy hire, Pedro. Everybody, everybody. I remember when we hired Bill O'Brien, everybody was excited. Everybody thought that was it. That was the guy. Um, and he was. Until he wasn't. But... I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Nick Sirianni was another coach that like the fans hated. Nobody liked. Nobody wanted them as coach. Um, now look at they're in the NFC Championship. So yeah, I mean, nobody knows what you're gonna get. Oh my boy, Ruben, I miss you, brother. Um, yeah, I mean, no, no, you don't know what you're gonna get in the head coach. You really don't. You, you don't know now. You'll know in September. People pretend like they know in training camp and OTAs, but ultimately you really don't know. Uh, there were no reports that Nathaniel Hackett was a terrible head coaching hire during uh, OTAs and training camp, but then put him in a game situation and all of a sudden it all changed. So we're, we're just going to have to wait and see. We're, we're months and months away. I mean, the, the 2022 season isn't even over yet, but uh, you know, the, the Texans are in a really good spot, man. I, I, just stop shitting on them. Give them some time. Let's let's see what happens. You're gonna have, we're going to have the draft and free agency and all that other shit that we can start to, to fight and argue about, but no reason to do it now. Uh, didn't Nick say he would be willing to take a back seat to get the right coach, AK? Uh, I don't know. I think he said he'd walk away um, if that was how the coach felt. But he never once said he'd take a back seat. Um, he also came back out on Sports Radio 610 with Sean and Seth and basically said, like, I was just trying to let everybody know, like, I take accountability. Uh, Nathan, Nick Saban was a sexy hire. Yeah, Nick Saban was a sexy Actually, was he? I don't know. I don't know enough about college football, but I, I don't know if he was the sexy hire or not. 
D'Amico would be a great hire and also a great PR move. However, there isn't a name on the list of candidates that should make anyone upset if hired. Any one of the names out there would be a great hire. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't think any, but to my point, like, nobody knows who's a great hire or, or not a great hire. At least not in January. Not in February. Like, no, nobody knows what, if it's the right move or the wrong move. You have to see the football product before you can actually determine if it was the right decision. So, uh, it's weird. Uh, do you see us being a five to seven win? Ah, it's too early for that. It's it's too early for that. You got to go through first. We got to hire the coach. Then we got to go to free agency. Then we got to see what they're doing in the draft. I can't. You, you, I mean, it's a fun game to play, but you can't predict what the team's going to do in January and twenty in, in September. Um, but I would I would assume improvements, right? You hit on the coach. If you hit on the coach, you're going to see improvements. So what we won three games. I can see us winning five or six, right? Get the right players in the building through the draft or free agency. You know, maybe that number goes up to eight or nine. Um, it, it all depends on what the draft, free agency, and the head coach look like. But I mean, there's no reason to think that they couldn't be the New York Giants in 2023, right? Uh, so I'm excited if it's Gannon, as long as we are heading into it in a different direction. We'd love to get more out of the defense. Yeah, I would too. <clears throat> I think the defense has has some potential. Offense is struggling. I'm not really sure what there is to be excited about other than Damian Pierce. But, I mean, that can change like that. Uh, add the right player. So, all right. Uh, it's Friday. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure you guys uh, tell your friends to tell a friend to tell a friend about Texans on Filter. I need to see if John's ever going to want to join. I know he knows I'm doing these, uh, but he's busy. Life's busy. Um, so, yeah, we'll need to get John in here. I need to get Brandon Scott on here, really. Uh, did you guys catch Brandon Scott on uh, on CBS the other day? Dude, that dude is uh, that dude's like super fucking talented at what he does. I, I don't think Brandon Scott gets enough love in, in, in Houston media. I know I shit on the media a lot. I would never shit on Brandon Scott. I, I think that dude is Super talented. I mean, he looks so natural on CBS. Um, talented dude. And and just a good dude. Good dude. I think that's why I fuck with him so much. Um, I wonder who would bring the better OC between D'Amico and Gannon. Well, I mean, Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach in, in Philly, would be interesting, right? Take some of that stuff that they've done in Philly. Uh, anybody from the Shanahan tree is going to be an interesting candidate for OC. So I think it's, you really can't go wrong with either one. Um, Oh, Frank Reich, hired by the Carolina. Totally forgot about that. Uh, good move by Carolina there. Frank Reich was a good coach. I think that there was just some issues with getting the quarterbacks and getting that all squared away. But I do think Frank is is a good coach. I think he, he's going to be good in Carolina. You know, they're going to have to get their quarterback. It'd be interesting to see if Carolina's that team at nine that potentially moves up to two. If they don't move up to one, I think moving up to one from nine might ask for a little bit much. But, um, you know, the Texans moving back to nine getting, you know, another potential two firsts, right? Would be intriguing. Would be intriguing for sure. Um, we'll give them a ton of ammunition. If they were to get two firsts and they didn't go quarterback this year, if they get two firsts, they get a 2024 and a 2025, <clears throat> then they'd have two next year. So they potentially have four first-round picks if they wanted to move up for Caleb Williams, if the team was interested in trading 
Uh, I doubt somebody's going to want to trade back though. If they're if they're in, if they if they have a quarter if they don't have a quarterback and they can draft Caleb Williams number one overall, they're going to take him up. It doesn't matter what you offer. Um, it's going to be interesting, man. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. Um, fun time to be be a Texans fan. All right, Golf Friday. Uh, playing Avery Ranch today. Just in case anybody's wondering, uh, sciatic is acting up, so I'm hoping I can work that out a little bit, but. Looking to play some good golf. Um, I hope all of you have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, the conference round. Uh, I'm going Eagles over Niners. And I think the Chiefs beat the Bengals. I want the Bengals to win. But I, I think I think the Chiefs win, ultimately. Uh, but I think the Eagles might roll. So, all right. Well, with that being said, I'm Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. I'll catch you guys next week.